Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, sickos? Welcome to Monday Night Best Ball, episode one here at Spike Week. Football isn't here, but NFL best ball season is here. So that doesn't mean we can't have football talk on Monday night. That's what we're here to do the rest of the summer, all throughout the football season. We're going to talk best ball, Monday night's strategy, some drafts here and there. Anything you want to discuss, best ball related, Monday nights. That's what we're here for. Here at Spike Week, getting into Best Ball Mania 4 strategy tonight. Happy Monday. Happy Best Ball Mania 4. Soon to be full on freaking best ball season. Um, Ross, welcome. When twenty twenty three hot dog contest? Absolutely never again, ever. We are going to do some fun draft streams similar to last year. If you have not been with us here at Spike Week before, I know this is probably a new best ball summer for a lot of people. This is. Maybe your first time joining us here at Spike Week. Thank you for joining. Um, as Ross mentions, we do a lot of fun, fun, different stuff around here. But obviously our focus, best ball strategy, drafting best ball teams, getting you right, structural drafting and player takes, roster construction, stacking, game theory, everything you want, all here covered on this channel. Myself and Rob Coakley, for the most part, we're bringing on a bigger team of people that are crushing it already on some shorts, doing some different stuff. We got an action-packed, absolute action-packed media schedule. Go to the Spike Week Twitter to check out that. We basically kicked it off today. Officially NFL Best Ball 2023 season here at Spike Week. We basically kicked it off today on Mondays around lunchtime, 1 p.m. Eastern, just in the Discord. So we're not streaming it here on the YouTube channel, but just in the Discord. <clears throat> we're just hanging out. Come if There's a link to the Discord if you're not in there. 100% free where all the sickos are hanging out, drafting best ball basically year-round, but of course now for the summer leading up to the season. And we'll just kind of ha- a little bit more of a relaxed vibe than a, a, you know, a YouTube stream where you got to talk through every single pick and make sure, you know, the audio is perfect for the podcast and all that a little bit more relaxed. You guys can speak up in there. 
right? It's kind of like a Twitter spaces esque. You can you can pop in and, and join the actual conversation. So we'll have that. We have the show tonight. We have multiple more shows, <clears throat> including on the weekends, throughout the whole course of the week. We got a fun crossover show with Pat Corrine. I'm sure most of you already know Pat Corrine. If you do not, former Roto World um, employee, current Best Ball Mania champ and multi-millionaire, and obviously uh, ship chaser and founder of legendaryupside.com. We got a fun crossover show going with him. Getting all this housekeeping out of the way, by the way. Tons and tons and tons of content. Haven't even gotten into the written side of things. Just tons and tons of content coming. So thank you for being here with us. Really quickly, one more other housekeeping thing. If you have never used the, the Spike Week premium tools before, A, what the hell have you been doing? How have you been drafting teams and tracking your teams? But B... Whether you have or have not used them before, tonight, after the show, I sort of extended. I cheated a little bit, but I have the power to do that. I cheated a little bit. I extended kind of our final sale, if you will, <clears throat> before the 2023 summer. If you, if you had a, a subscription previously, you paused it or canceled it. If you turn that subscription back on or if you sub for the first time, it can be either the monthly option or the annual option. Monthly is, we'll call it $25. Annual is $200. So obviously 365 days for $200. You'll get grandfathered in at that price for life. So if you stick with us for at Spike Week, you'll never get a price increase. We have been building this, this whole community, the tools and everything. And you guys have been an absolutely irreplaceable part of us building that, getting feedback, working through the inevitable bugs and everything along this journey, making the tools better, feature requests, feature suggestions, everything. And so we want to make sure that you guys are kind of getting at least as much value as, <laughs> as we can, we can give you out of that. And then um, later on tonight, after the show, the price will go up um, both for monthly annual everything. So check that out. If you, if you have not, there is also a link in the description to that the Spike Week premium link. Of course, get in the Discord, all that fun stuff. All right, housekeeping's out of the way. You didn't come here to talk about housekeeping. You came here to talk about Best Ball Mania 4. So it's May 1st. <clears throat> Best Ball Mania 4 opened before May. And I've been racking my brain about what, like if we're drafting right now and we're all crazy sickos, like, what is the point other than the fun? Which is, of course, part of the point, right? If you're drafting fantasy football teams in May, it's partially because you enjoy it. But also, we're spending $25, even if we make money or get our money back in BBM. You aren't going to see that money for a long time. So you you want to make the right decisions in order to maximize your chance at a big score, right? We don't play this to eke out a little profit over nine months, right? Or at least I don't. Of course, again, you play it for the fun, but you're playing it to try to win $3 million, right? It's $3 million to first place, even on the regular season side, $500,000, life-changing money for everybody. But like, it, you, you can say like, oh, I'm drafting early. 
because, and I have been guilty of this in the past before, I'm drafting early because there's all this ADP value, right? The chaos of the offseason, you know, sometimes Cam Akers gets hurt. Sometimes J.K. Dobbins gets hurt, and I'll get lucky. And, like, sort of that is true. Sort of that is true. But I think we need to have a plan of attack for specifically what are the things that we need to do or um, know going into a draft. And I've been racking my brain about this this afternoon, specifically because we did that Discord draft earlier today. It was my fr- so I actually haven't been drafting BBM. Things been a little busy getting all this stuff ready. Um, my God. They dropping them dropping Best Ball Mania on a Saturday evening was a uh, was fun and unexpected and chaotic. But so I've been thinking, especially after that draft today. Like I said, my first my first draft, and here's what happened in my first draft. And this this may have happened to you. Maybe you're just a better drafter than me. We'll see. I'm sure plenty of people are. I hop in, despite the fact that I've created rankings, I've created projections. So I have a top 250 rankings set that I feel good about. I've I spent a lot of time on it, you know, more than just this weekend, but certainly this weekend when the NFL draft wrapped, we're about we're about to release some best ball specific projections that I feel pretty good about. Like I I feel comfortable with the, you know, all the players in the NFL, all the teams I have firm takes, etc. I I feel comfortable with my ability you know, to construct rosters in best ball, all those different things. And I've never felt more like a fish out of water <laughs> than in the first best ball mania draft that I did this year, because you just, there's no, there's no way to get around the fact that you need reps in drafts in order to feel comfortable. And eventually we're going to get to this point. If you're, if you're new or old, you're going to stick with us. You're going to hang out with us for the next several months. And you're you're going to feel like by September, you could literally, not even an exaggeration, I'm very big on hyperbole. I'm not sure that this is hyperbole. You could draft a team in your sleep. You say, well, I just took, okay, Josh Allen in the second. So think about my stack. Okay, you know, I don't have digs. So there's, you know, Kincaid and he goes here and Gabe goes here. Okay, this is a zero RB team. So this guy goes in the eighth and this guy goes in the 12th. You will know and you won't even have to think by August and September because you'll have even even if you're not drafting like hundreds right of teams or whatever, you'll have done enough that you just know. You just know the ADP, you know, the players you like, you know, your own rankings, you know, everything. It's just it's just those reps get you there. And you need you need those reps. But I also don't think it's all reps. And so I have basically five different things that I would classify as the biggest edges. And a lot of it is things that we need to do as opposed to things that and things that we need to do in terms of getting ourselves ready for the for this for these drafts, right? Um really quickly before I start to dive into those, but I got five different things. Some of them are a little bit uh, similar to each other, but but mainly five different things. I want to hit a couple of the comments. Once Paul catches up, once Paul catches up, uh, we'll see if I'll drop a comment in the in the chat. But he says, if you guys considered streaming around my schedule, I'm going to be behind due to supper in the Lord's time zone, Central Standard Time. I am also 
in Central Standard Time, Paul. So figure it the fuck out. Eat earlier or eat later? I've actually started to eat later, which is very weird. Normally, you know, um, intermittent fasting, all that different stuff. I've been, uh, I'm, I'm changing, changing up the schedule. And uh, I'm actually feeling pretty good about it. We started a new thing at work uh, today with like a May. It's called Move in May. It's basically like the typical corporate, um, what do you want to call it? A fitness initiative or whatever. You know, we create teams and you, you get a, got an app that tracks your steps and all, and all that different stuff. So I'm feeling extra motivated today. We're 20,000 steps deep. Still got to go take the dogs for a night walk. We're feeling good. So figure it out, Paul. If I can figure it out, you can figure it out. You're much smarter than uh, than myself. But yes, what I was kind of saying back at the top is thank you for joining. If you're new, if you're old, we will definitely be doing some more fun draft streams throughout the course of the summer by probably even by June, certainly by July, certainly by August. You'll be very sick of seeing my face and Rob's face and some of the other team members and you'll definitely be sick of watching us draft the same. Oh, Chucker, Eric's drafting a fucking zero RB team that has Gabe Davis on it. Like, how fun this draft stream is, right? So we like to spice it up a little bit. Last year, we 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 did a couple fun ones. Uh, Rob and I did a hot dog eating contest on the Fourth of July weekend, where uh, for like we had to alternate for every pick draft uh, uh one of us would need a hot dog so it's basically a hot dog eating contest in a fantasy football draft in one and it was maybe the most miserable experience of my entire life um i'm not sure i can think of anything that compared i've thrown my back out i've had some reasonably serious injuries um i don't think i can think of anything that was worse than eating all those hot dogs in such a very short period of time we also did a uh a uh if anybody's watched the the YouTube show Hot Ones, um, so we did like a hot sauce eating progressively. Every time we made a pick, we had to eat a hotter hot wing, and uh, that was also pretty brutal. But the hot dogs were worse. But we'll be doing some more, some more fun stuff. And again, before we get into some of these kind of uh, strategic things, I just want to hit everybody's comments. Bala, six five four three two one. I like that name. That sounds similar to my, like what my um, AOL instant messenger name might have been back in the day. I'm excited for Quentin Johnson this year, especially with Mike Williams' injury history. I think he'll have plenty of opportunity if he earns it. Yeah, it's fun. QJ is a, a funny one because I'll be totally honest with you. wasn't a very big fan of him as a prospect. Um, certainly, I understand right um, some of his perks, big playability, yak ability down the field athleticism size in a draft class that was not very big, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not a really a big fan of guys who, despite really no target competition, don't earn targets um, and don't really produce that much. Like his production was fine, but like, I don't know. I, I wasn't really a particularly a huge fan of his game relative to a general first round wide receiver prospect. But you, you can't really get much a much better landing spot. Um, the Chargers have been begging for someone else to step into the passing game, right? It's been a splash of Mike Williams contested catches down the field with a bunch of checkdowns to Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Josh Palmer ain't it. And then it's been a bunch of wind sprinters. So if QJ can play a little bit, 
Um, I think he's going to have a pretty a pretty good year. I think his price is about appropriate right now, but there's also contingent value upside, and also he could just be better than I think, and really kind of be the maybe he's the Mike Williams that we've been hoping Mike Williams would become. So absolutely no issues uh, with QJ. Definitely spreadsheet virgins. Andrew asks about running backs like Mixon and Dalvin right now. I'm going to get into them. I'm going to, I promise you they're, they're, they they are very, they very much fit into one of my uh, uh, things that I believe are edges right now. Not necessarily those specific, well, those players fit into one of these boxes. You can agree or disagree on the specific players, but uh, yeah, we'll get to them a hundred percent is one of the five. Nick says is one of the five edges, just Jordan Addison. Um, Actually, I don't know that he would fit into one of the buckets, but I do like Jordan Anderson. Shout out Al says the hot dog contest was a good one for you. I haven't eaten a hot dog since I don't think I'll ever eat another hot dog. Um, I also had to listen to Rob throw up hot dogs and I was laughing so hard that I couldn't hit the mute button on the stream yard. I didn't move for like 24 to 36 hours. Afterward, the smell of hot dogs makes me disgusted. And, you know, like I got an, I have a niece. She's young. She really likes hot dogs. It's like we have family events and stuff and there's hot dogs. And it really, it really makes me, makes me sick. Um, yeah, yeah. See, I'm, see, I'm getting, catching up on the comments. And Ross even says I, I'd be okay with Rob barfing on a live, live mic again. That's how I was in so much pain. And he was in so much pain that he obviously ended up vomiting, but I was in so much pain and then laughing at his pain so much that I couldn't like, I, I was like not there, but it was, it was a very difficult situation to describe, but I couldn't figure out to click the, click the button. You know, I can mute him uh, on the stream and I, I couldn't figure out how to do it. So he's just puking loud and clear into uh into the mic rob b says you guys should have a hot dog eating contest every monday and wednesday thinking we we're very close to putting you in timeout rob don't do it again um we're definitely we, we've definitely discussed michael says quarter shot taken per pick we've definitely discussed uh, a drinking a drinking one um rob i think is don't tell him don't tell him I think I can drink Rob under the table. He says he doesn't. He doesn't drink a lot. Although I'm trying. I'm. I'm trying to do us totally sober. May so maybe by the end of May he'll be able to drink me under the table. Um, but yeah, not going to do this one. I don't think corporate will love that one so much. But um, yeah, lots of fun stuff. Lots and lots of fun stuff coming this this summer. Tons of tons of good ideas. Uh, you guys have um, minimal good ideas, but um, some of them are okay. I want to talk about a, a few different things. So, like I said, five, that's 10, five main things that I would categorize as like the way, the way, the way that we should go about getting edges. The first, we kind of talked about it at the beginning, which was really what led me down this path of, okay, I, if I'm going to draft right now, I, I can't just be drafting to draft. You know what I mean? Carolina PJP. Welcome. Thank you. Um, Glad to have you. Glad to have all the new people, man. I'm so excited for this summer. Like, so excited for the summer. Best Ball Mania, obviously, is really the only tournament out right now. 
biggest fantasy football tournament of all time, $15 million, $3 million to first place. Interesting format. Um, but that creates a lot, a lot of fun. I can only imagine what DraftKings is going to come with. Drafters is coming with, you know, some heat. There's FFPC. I'm so excited for this summer. So welcome to Carolina and everybody that's new around here. I think you're going to enjoy. I think you're going to enjoy. We've put together some 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 pretty sweet stuff and we're we're still like constantly improving a bunch of different things. So uh, be on the lookout always for a ton of new stuff and some improvements. So the first thing, like I said, just like, and you don't have to necessarily draft to do this. I do think that there's a little bit of nuance that you can't always figure out just by kind of studying where players are going, but you understanding the ADP and the player pool kind of the, I'll, I'll lump those two things in together where players are going, where right where positions are kind of going where are if you have your guys right i was everyone is everyone that knows me if you don't know that i was very big on gabe davis last year welcome rob hello did you just hop on because i was talking shit on you or is that going to be a surprise to you when you listen back it's going to be a surprise to me because actually i woke up way later than expected tonight and <laughs> saw a thumbnail with my face so i was like oh maybe i should be on a show that has my face on it i knew that you had a big weekend and <laughs> um our designer i don't design the thumbnails i do not have anywhere near as much talent as the designer that we that we uh uh have and he had made it over the weekend and i didn't go look it's been so crazy you know he he, pre- he pre-made so much stuff for us over the course of the last week or whatever mm-hmm. i didn't i just like i was like okay we got the Monday show. We got this show. We got that show or whatever. I'm like, got the thumbnails. And then I'm like, I'm setting up the stream like an hour and a half before the show. I'm like, Oh, Rob's face is on there. I haven't even talked to him today. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just I'm like, whatever. I'll just use it. I'll just do the show. If he wants to show up, he can do it. I really, I really don't care. But um, yeah, we were going to just roll with it. We, we got it though. We're here. We're, we can talk yeah. some best ball. We, yeah, what are we, is, uh, what are we going this over is per- right now? This is perfect timing. Cause we already went over, um, some housekeeping and the people brought up uh the hot dog eating uh stream from last year and all right. of that yeah exactly <laughs> so we made it to may 1st before we had to start talking about the hot dog eating uh draft again but so i have and i'm all this will be good because i'll kind of bounce some of these things off you i've been thinking sure. about this all day right and so you were listening into the discord draft earlier today it was my first best ball mania four draft of the summer and even though we have built a best ball website, we've built best ball tool, we built best ball tools that no one's ever seen before. We have a YouTube channel with that's got like 300 videos on it, all dedicated to best ball. And I hopped into the draft and I felt like a goddamn fish out of water, right? Like yep. I've, I've created content. I've done rankings, all this for this. And once you get in, there's nothing like that feeling of uncomfortability of like, I still know the players that I like, like off the top of my head. I don't know my own rankings. Like it's not ingrained in me. Like I like this player more than this. I know that sounds silly, but a lot of the players are very similar, right? It's like, do I Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston? Like, I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of on the fly. Knowing all these things is very difficult. And then maybe more importantly, knowing where players are going right? Where are these pockets of draft? We talk about that all the time. We'll get to August and we'd be like, yep, here it is the sixth round pocket of the draft where I hate everybody or whatever. I don't know that. 
And that you don't know any of that without getting the reps, of course. But I also think you can kind of just like lock in and kind of st- like get up to speed. You don't have to do 20 drafts, right? And spend a bunch of money to start to figure that out a little bit. And so that's like one of the biggest points to me is like, dude, learn the ADP and like kind of learn who you like and learn where some of those, right? Go, if you just go through the ADP, you can be like, oh my God, I hate everyone from pick 60 to pick 80 or whatever. And like all of that is super, super important in terms of like having edges. You, you can t- tell yourself you have an edge all you want. If you don't feel comfortable and you can't put it into play in the draft, none of that shit matters. This is kind of when we build our calluses though, right? So as you're mm-hmm. as you're drafting early, you're going through all those things. And what you got to think of is drafters, a lot of the people that are going to be drafting aren't going to show up until July or August. And they're building their calluses in July and August. And we've already gone through. We know where the pocket of players are. We know who we want to reach on, who we're looking to get early. And that's what you're going through right now. You don't, like you said, you don't have to draft every day, but you can stay in tune with what's going on. I've drafted five teams. That's based off circumstance right now because of driving, you know, to New York and back for me. I had to kill some time in the car. So I drafted five teams. Now I'm probably going to back off a bit from drafting unless it's on a stream or something like that. But this is when you start to build up your edge. We talk about how in July, August, you have a more informational edge based on what players are going. Right now, you have the edge of building building up your knowledge of the drafts versus the people that are going to come in later. And mm-hmm. just and they're just firing from the hip, right? So that's that's why I still draft early because I get to learn that 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 situation with ADP, the where players are getting thought of the word they get drafted and right now you can still get some value on some players even though it's all sharps drafting like trying to get jameer gibbs i haven't got him yet but you can realize that you have to get him in the fourth round if you want him or it's going to be earlier than that uh we talked about that running back core that before this draft the third round running backs were pollard you know Ramondre, nick chubb travis Etienne. that that range is already moving up the draft board they are already becoming late seconds versus the early thirds that they were, and they're starting to edge up. So those are the things you need to be cognizant of. So I'm trying to get my Tony Pollard exposure like right now because yep. I think he's just going to keep shooting up and up and up. Yep. So. And, and you know, people would counter with like, oh, things will move later. Other things will move. And, and I totally agree, but there's just always nuance to certain – like combinations and such that you there's just right because ADP moves. That also means that certain player combinations are less and less likely at certain times, even if they move opposite. It's, it's funny how it works that they just ADPs align in a certain way at different points throughout the summer. So um, I, I'm not drafting a ton before the schedule is, but to your point, I am drafting a little bit to get, you just have to get some reps in. Um, And I like, I, I'm a, I'm a very big proponent. If you're like completely, trying to suck every ounce of EV out of your drafts, right? And you're not streaming, you're not mm-hmm. doing content and all that kind of stuff. I would still uh, have some form of a, of a barbell draft, but I also just enjoy drafting throughout the whole, the whole summer. So I'm not a big, I'm not a big stickler for that, but I think just to put a bow on that one, like the only, the only way to, uh, you know, you can study all this. The only way to really do it is by, is by getting, getting reps but another thing about getting reps 
is that you learn things that you didn't even think before, right? You could create rank. I I've created rankings. I've updated rankings multiple times, <laughs> like move guys around or whatever. I'm like, Oh no, I don't like this guy. I like this guy, etc. Once you get in, once you get on the clock with $25, right? You're putting your money behind it. You will actually learn <laughs> yeah. what you think, what you think about certain guys. Right. And, and so that's important too. I find that important to at least get a little bit of that in before the schedule comes out. Everyone knows I'm a big schedule proponent. Um, especially for, you know, best ball mania, but like you, like I learned a little bit today, even just in that draft today, I'm like, I don't think I would have taken, I'm surprised almost that I took that guy, but you got under the gun and you were like, okay, who do you prefer? Boom. I like this guy. doesn't mean you're always, that's like, you can't flip flop later, but I think you just learn a lot, not just getting reps in, um, and not just figuring out the player pool, but you learn a little bit about yourself too. And just being able to like, you ha- you have to be able to implement these strategies. And the only way to figure out how to do it is by doing it right. It's like how to like shocker Trey Lance isn't a good NFL quarterback. He's played like six and a half quarters in, in three years or whatever. Like maybe he would never be good, but we certainly don't know. The only way to find out if you're going to be a good drafter is, is by drafting. So I do think it's important to figure out a way to get some kind of reps in and figure out the player pool, which isn't always about reps, but figuring out the player pool, figuring out the pockets of the draft and all that. Um, well, the next one I want go ahead, go ahead. Real quick, just based on that, what was your biggest surprise when you were drafting today? Like, did you have something that you were like, that just kind of took you and you're like, Oh shit, I got to make sure I pay attention to this going forward. Yeah. There is a range from, so two, two things. One, this is going to get very uh, micro-takey and, and player-takey and stuff, but it's also positional in that I'm a very well-known wide receiver bro and stuff, but almost once you get out after the second round, and I do still really love like your point, I, Pollard, Chubb, those guys are like my favorite running backs in all of drafts um, right now. But even like once you get to the third round, say, I, I'm not like fully in love with the wide receivers. It feels like a massive, massive tier of wide receivers, really kind of, I, I don't know the tier break off the top of my head in terms of who I would define as the tier break, but you get to like Mike Williams and such like Mike Williams, Drake London, Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, like all those guys, like I, they're fine. I don't have a negative thing to say really about any of them, but there's just like, I don't know, 10 or 15 of them that all feel the same. And then there's running backs from Gibbs all the way down man all the way down for like six or seven rounds in that in that range and so i have this weird thing where i'm like i really like pollard i really like chubb of course who doesn't like like cmc Bijan, etc but then i i personally really like cam Akers. uh somebody was asking about joe mixon we'll get a little bit on these guys in a in a more in a minute on another point but i i like joe mixon I like uh, the Bills backs, particularly Damian Harris. I like Rashad Penny. I like DeAndre Swift. I like, right. And so there's like six rounds in a row of all these running backs, which don't really fit my natural drafting tendency, right? My natural drafting tendencies, we're going to hammer wide receivers. We might get an elite tight end, might get elite quarterback. And then I'm just going to pile on zero RB targets. But that wasn't how it worked for me. And I kind of hated everything else, all the other positions from rounds five to 10 almost like I, I, there wasn't anything that stuck out to me. And so it was very, I think that's part of what made it difficult for me. It was very unnatural for me in terms of every time I came on the clock, I'm like, Ooh, uh, you know, Pollard, Ooh, Chubb, Ooh, uh, Gibbs, Ooh, you know, each, I'm like, God damn it. It's a running back. It's a running back every single time. And so, uh, but you have to learn that. Like 
like I said, no one would ever have guessed that about me. I wouldn't have guessed it about myself. But the only way to figure it out is by um, you don't have to necessarily draft to figure that one out, but it certainly helps. I just to piggyback off of that, the the wide receiver positional tear breaks, and like you said, I haven't defined them completely yet. They feel like they drop heavily. Every tier feels very much like a tier. Sometimes you're like, ah, this guy's kind of teeters between tier one, tier two. No, it feels like every tier is well defined and you you dry up at wide receiver a lot faster than in previous years. And the other takeaway I have is after doing my last draft today while I was driving, I got Kelsey at the 105 because I wanted to see what I would look like with a Kelsey build. So I think I went Kelsey. I also grabbed Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback in like the fifth. And once you do that, you are kind of in shambles at the wide receiver position (laughs) if you're great because i think i had pollard on that team as well and i had like you know calvin ridley and someone else and then it's just like it's it's shots in the dark like you don't like your third wide receiver on so if you're going with those kelsey builds and getting a relatively early quarterback which i feel as though you know you're going to be getting a quarterback by round eight round nine typically at the moment if you're getting one of the the better ones, it's going to be a hard build specifically with Travis Kelsey. It's I, I, I agree. And that's that's another good good point with kind of like the running back takes I was talking about is a lot of the times I'm coming on the clock. Once I get past like all of my top five players, I think are wide receivers. It could be could be even six and Kelsey seven or whatever. I'm very wide receiver heavy, really through the first like 12 picks, I would basically say. Like, if you have a first-round pick and you use the Spike Week rankings, you're probably taking a wide receiver in the first round. Um, but from then on, there be it becomes running back, actually, for, for quite a while. And then you run into the problem that you had. Like, okay, I literally ran into this today. Take Cooper Cup, took Chubb, I believe, and then, like, I'm like, okay, each pick I keep coming up, the running back is the best available guy for me personally. But then I get to the eighth round and it's like Michael Thomas and Juju and Jacoby Myers. Like these are the best wide receivers on the board. And I'm like, well, I hate all these guys too, but I need wide receiver. And like it, it, all of that is very difficult to figure out to piggyback though on exactly that, where I think we can in a specific strategy really gain an edge more so than just, Hey, we need to learn the, this player pool and learn, um, you know, kind of how to draft, if you will, is, is stacking at this point in the, in the off season. Stacking is obviously always important. Everyone has pretty much known that for, for a long time. Uh, apparently Leone needed to write an article that <laughs> to convince people that they needed to stack uh, this year. Cause people keep referencing it. Uh, but it was, it's hundred percent true. Leone absolutely nailed it. as to how important stacking is but right now i believe you see less stacking out especially outside of like okay i took digs i'm just going to take josh allen to get the stack because everyone's uncomfortable right like i don't know exactly where every quarterback goes and there's a lot of variance in where people will go right Mm -hmm. that the adp hasn't settled in anthony richardson could go 130 he might go 75 (laughs) in the draft you know what i mean we don't really know so it's not that easy to just plan for stacks and so figuring out ways for you to that's part of the getting reps and learning that the the player pool i think is because we still want to make teams that are really live to win the three million but the more you build these teams 
without stacks, without correlation. You're already foregoing, if you're drafting before May 12th, you're already foregoing any like probable week 17 correlation, week 15, week 16. So how are you still going to build these really strong teams? And I think figuring out how to, I'm not saying I have all the right answers, right? But figuring out how to still build in really strong stacks without reaching, without doing anything crazy um, is hard right now, but it's like critical. It's absolutely critical. What I would add to the stacking point is team structure. As much as we hammer it every year, I think the specific point in the season that it, it matters the whole year, don't get me wrong, but it's one of the variables that we can control right now. So building your, you know, if you want to go elite QB, elite tight end, understanding what that means for your team, or if you want to go zero RB, understanding what that means for your team in the draft right now. I personally think zero RB currently as ADP is constructed isn't viable, if that makes sense. It's harder than I thought. Usually it's really easy for me. It, It feels harder right now. Yeah, it definitely feels hard. I mean, I think you can still do it. It's just... I think there is just a lot of value at RB in that second, third round, there sometimes is. fourth round to make it harder to do a thing like that. So structuring your team properly. Now, as they get pushed up, that becomes a different that becomes a different story, right? So mm-hmm. um, just the nuances of the early drafting is what I would be cognizant of. Like you said, stacking, building the proper structures. Definitely. Um, just want to hit a couple of... Um these comments josh says the new landscape to acclimate to this year um it's a new landscape to acclimate to yep yeah so it is well first of all we'll uh, we'll also get into this because this is my actually my next point so it might be the perfect segue into not only is the landscape different best ball is growing more sickos than ever right uh more casuals than ever all of that good stuff underdog as big as ever DraftKings. Can, like I said, I can only imagine how many, how many tournaments. I don't know that they'll be as big as, as underdogs, but I, the amount, the quantity of tournaments is going to be crazy. But particularly for Best Ball Mania right now, the thing that, you know, we kind of had uh, day one, like people like myself, other people who liked it, talking about the payout structure. And it was mostly about like, do you like it or do you dislike it? Which is fine, but it's kind of a, it's irrelevant now, right? It, it is what it is. They weren't going to mm-hmm. change it. But you need to take into consideration this payout structure in terms of um, – that's why I think it's okay to draft right now. I always do, but especially this year. This is a m- incredibly top-heavy payout structure with incredibly high variance. Basically what they did is there, uh, there was an awesome sacrilegious – is his username in the, in the Discord – posted an awesome message that basically said it's, it's generally – Oh, this is oversimplifying, but the equivalent to last year's tournament, except it, it from they went from a hundred thousand teams that were getting like that that were you know getting a piece of that pie down to ten thousand, right? Because that's really what happened. They took out money from the playoff side. They it, they moved first place. First place went up a million, so the playoff side did not get bigger, but first place doubled or uh, went up fifty percent from right. two million to three million. Mm-hmm. All they then did was basically take it from the bottom bucket of the playoff side and threw that over into the regular season side. But the regular season side is still only the top 1.5% of regular season teams. So you have to have you know, a 99th percentile, 98th percentile, we'll call it 99th, 99th percentile regular season team just to even make some money over there. And then 
by making the playoffs, you don't make anything. There was a good thread with, um, I believe, Justin Herzig and um, Hillo is his name from one week season. I'm kind of doing some back of the napkin math on the expected value of like advancing in the playoffs. Advancing like is nothing. <laughs> like like it, it's basically not. You got to get to week seventeen, and even something like fifty percent of the week seventeen teams, it's not even going to help you by getting there in best ball mania. For you need to draft for like point zero one percent outcomes. How do you do that? Obviously, that's difficult. That's where a lot of these other elements come in. Stacking is very important. Some of these other things we'll talk about here today, but like. I think people need to take a step back and realize what this payout structure is. This is not a comment on whether I like it, dislike it, or whatever. It is what it is, though. And the the point of all this is we have to play by the rules. We got to right? we got to figure out how to beat six almost seven hundred thousand other people because finishing with an eighty fifth percentile team gets you zero dollars. <laughs> like right. like it, it, that shit doesn't matter. You know, you need to have a real because even advancing only gets you your money back. And then in order to really profit on the regular season side, you need to have a 99th percentile team. And even then, like if you won 50 max, you might have one or two 99th percentile teams. Congratulations. There's 500 bucks. You're still down three grand right? in entry fees. So in order to profit in this thing, that's just profit. You have to swing for the fences. You have to swing for the fences. It's incredibly important. So with that being said, I know we, we do the week 17 thing. We were also talking about week 16 a lot last year. Do you think that this structure actually makes it where we're going to be looking even more at week 15 because we have to get out of that round? So are we going to be like, well, how do I game stack week 15 to still be optimal <laughs> for week seven? Like, that's the stuff we have to start thinking about. And I know we're going to be getting into that deeper and deeper as the season goes. But that's what that statement tells me is where we're going to be looking at playoffs and understanding that, yes, we still have to win three one-week tournaments, but now we really have to make sure Week 15 is vital to get some ROI on these teams mm-hmm. in order to offset some of the cost of the tournaments because it's almost four grand you're spending to get into these tournaments. So you want to optimize. And I think if you draft properly and draft sound, you know, that I think they're giving the first 180 million people $250 if they finish <laughs> up there. So, like, you can draft some teams that hit that, but even then, it's not going to be easy to do. So, I think you're going to be looking at, I think you're going to be hearing a lot of week 15, 16, and 17 content this year, other than just week 17. We'll be we'll, we'll we'll be doing it because I've thought a lot about this actually since this is the sickness that is in my brain is how much I've been thinking about what does this like structure actually mean? I don't think it really means a, like a an, like from a micro sense when you get into every draft it's not like you're really you know pulling a bunch of different levers that you weren't pulling before. But I do think there's going to be without a schedule who can say specifically. I think there's going to be ways that you can build out teams that blend together better for the, the the playoff rounds while also still probably not sacrificing your any regular season right if, if you care about the the regular season payouts i don't think that you'll have to sacrifice there and i think that you can build teams that give you like this way to navigate through week 15 16 and 17 right like combinations of players combinations of stacks t- combinations of types of players all that kind of thing i i think that there's a lot that we can do um uh, 
there. We, we used to just kind of talk about, like, oh, this team has a good playoff schedule or this team doesn't have a good playoff schedule. But I think we can we can we can do a little bit of and maybe there's some teams that, you know, the Bucks and the Saints both play one of these teams, uh, you know, Bucks and the Saints. I'm literally making this up because this is not true. The Bucks and the Saints both play the Texans in the playoffs. It's like, well, a that's probably a, a you know in a dome, right? Okay, seems like a pretty advantageous thing. I can pair those things up, and I bring the Texans along with me. Next thing you know, I got multiple game stacks throughout the playoffs, multiple game stacks throughout the regular season. Like, there's just some very, very micro things I think we can do um, throughout the course of the playoffs to, to to help with that. I just haven't – we don't have a schedule yet, so it's, it's kind of uh, out of sight, out of mind. Some comments. Ross says uh, – also, people funnel themselves into the QB attached to their round one, round two wide receiver. I'm going to get away from that in a lot of drafts this year and stack elsewhere. I totally agree. I call this everyone drafts front to back. Um, and I prefer to draft back to front, which is not, I'm not saying always do that. I will have plenty, like I, I will have stacks with the superstar wide receivers and their quarterbacks, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think what the most overowned and we have um, i could even uh, pull it up uh, in a second we have ownership projections at spike week shout out hacker he's in he's in the chat we built a custom model using historical underdog data as well as you know current adp and some some logic that will tell you you know we are also a dfs company we understand a little bit how to project ownership and such that will tell you the most popular combinations of players, the most popular stacking partners with a quarterback, because we know how people draft historically. We have the data to see how people do it. And this is exactly what they do. They say, I took Stefan Diggs. Looks like Josh Allen in the second round, right? I mm-hmm. took, uh, this is not a good one, but in Superflex, this this would happen more often. I took Justin Jefferson in the first round. I, t- I guess it is probably still a good one in this, but Superflex, it just it was the most popular uh, combination. I got to take Kirk Cousins, right? If I took Jefferson, I got to take Cousins. And so those end up being over-owned. And so it's not that you can't draft them. It's not that there aren't good ones to draft. But like Kelsey Mahomes, you mentioned Kelsey. I was worried you were going to say I took Kelsey and then I took Mahomes because that's what people do. They say, well, I got Kelsey. Looks like Patrick Mahomes is available here to me in the second round, and they just they just take it because they they're under they understand stacking, but they it's like they can't get away from it at the very start of every draft. And so um, I think that that's another important thing. Again, you don't have to ignore that. There are still ways to make good teams. No one is saying don't take Kelsey Mahomes, but just be co- you know just be cognizant of of those kind of things. Expanding on that. To go to your point, and we'll just use Jefferson as the example, I think people safety net themselves too much too, where they'll take Jefferson, and now in their head they're like, well, I'm going to take Kirk Cousins, so I don't need to take one of these other quarterbacks, right? So what if Trevor Lawrence falls 10 picks past ADP, 11 Hell, what if he doesn't? What if you just want to get that Kirk Cousins, Calvin Ridley Mm -hmm. stack? I mean, I'm sorry, that Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley stack. and But your head goes, well, I I have Justin Jefferson. I don't need to do that i'll just take Kirk cousins so just really good point cognizant of that fact as well as not safety netting yourself with some of these wide receivers to get the stack and there are teams that it's going to be really like that that's going to happen with which is the jefferson stack and either of the Bengals stacks is going to feel like they absolutely have to get joe burrow if they get 
Chase or T. Higgins, and you could build some teams with them as your one-off Bengals, right? Like you don't have to have Burrow on those yep. teams. It's nice. Nobody doesn't not want it. It's just there's other avenues to go as well. I totally agree, as Josh B says. And then you loot, right? And then you wait. Yep. You have that safety net, like you said. And then your whole draft depended on getting Kirk Cousins because, you, like you said, you just felt that safety net. Somebody comes in and takes unstacked Kirk, Kirk Cousins or the, the TJ Hawkinson teams take, take, takes Kirk Cousins. And you're like, well, now I don't have a quarterback. You know, now what do I do? Now I got to build. And this is okay. This is where the very first point about learning the draft, learning, you know, who's available, who's going at what ADP, right? What can, what we would call a backdoor stack, right? So this happens to you. You were planning on a Viking stack. Somebody snipes Kirk Cousins from you. How do you set up a – like, because you still want to have these correlated teams. Stacking is – nothing is binary. You don't have to have stacks on every single team, of course, and not every quarterback has to be stacked. But generally speaking, I want to stack on just about every team if I can make it happen. And so – when I'm already locked out of quarterback, I'm going to be drafting some crappy quarterbacks anyway. I would like to then go ahead and, st- and bet on Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones breaking out last year. So now let's get him with whatever, you know, if we knew that Richie James was a thing or Isaiah Hodgins was a thing, right? Dare I drafted today. I hate Derek Carr, but I did this and I kind of was feeling out quarterback and not pushing it with the, the prices. And I also didn't have a stack. And I'm like, I know that I like Rashid Shahid. I know, I know he's he's available later. So I took Carr past ADP, and then I took Shahid right around ADP. And it was like I had Cup, I had you know I had some other guys that I could have you know stacked with more expensive quarterbacks, but I didn't force it. And I'm not saying Carr Shahid is like the stack you need, but I'm right. just saying there are ways to still build in these smart correlations without forcing it right from the jump in every single draft. So I wanted to pull up really quickly here. The Mahomes, this is um, our ownership projections. Let me zoom in a little bit. Uh, So we have a bunch of different combinations here that you can go check out the just general combination ownership combos. Um, Of course the dropdown doesn't show when you're sharing your screen, but then you can look at QB stacks. I'm going to flip over to QB stacks actually really quickly. And you can see, right? Here's the, uh, combinations of the quarterbacks with their so let's just look at Mahomes. When I look at Mahomes, 38% of the of the Mahomes teams, and this is not this is when stacked, there's a certain percentage of Mahomes teams that will be unstacked. Not a lot, but a certain percentage. 38% of them will have Travis Kelsey, which is crazy. That's your first two picks. 38% of Mahomes teams will be used on a, a round one pick and a round two pick. 33% Kadarius Tony. I think that's probably closer to efficient 31 percent rishi rishi rice i think i'll be the whole 33 percent for the mahomes Kadarius tony so you guys <laughs> don't right. have to worry about that and then hold on now that, that's going to make me because we also have double stacks mm-hmm. you can look up you can look up uh the percentage of time quarterbacks are double stacked and i if i if i go look at mahomes i can try to find the one i would guess for you so here's seven percent of Rob's teams, or, or you know, well, it's more than seven percent of Rob's teams. <laughs> Whatever seven percent of seven hundred thousand is, that's what Rob's going to have uh, these Tony and and MVS teams. But you know, so this is also important. Are people doing that stack, right? And so, like, 
congratulations, Mahomes, Rishi Rice, and Travis Kelsey, or Tony and Travis Kelsey. Like, I'm not saying, again, to avoid them, but these are all important elements in terms of, right, how do I go? If I just build all the same Mahomes teams as everybody else built, like, that's not really helping me all that much because if I'm drafting now, it's May freaking 1st. I, I don't want to build all the same May 1st teams as everybody else, right? Because there's this pocket of time. I'm trying to take advantage of value. I'm trying to take advantage of the drafting early idea. But if I draft early and every other Mahomes team is the same as my Mahomes team, I did I really gain? I gained an advantage over the August drafters, but I didn't gain an advantage over the people drafting now. So it's just some of those different little little nuances. And I find this ownership uh, tool really helps me not 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 to like make every decision based off this by not at all, but it just helps to kind of keep, you know, keep you making plus EV decisions all the way down the decision tree. I think the, the most important thing that when you look at this thing is you saw the high numbers of like the Mahomes single stack with some of these players, but it almost cuts in half, no matter which double stack you go to yeah. and making sure you're cognizant of that fact that if you do draft Mahomes and Kadarius, Tony, to make sure you're stacking more than just Kadarius Tony with Patrick Mahomes. You like know, grab grab that 11% with Rasheed Rice or grab that 7% with MVS. Make sure that you are fully stacking these quarterbacks in that sense is what I would say. I think some of them will have a little bit higher of a percentage for some of the more concentrated offenses Yeah, because we're still trying to figure the Chiefs out. But it, I still think that holds true to almost every team. Uh, I totally, totally agree. I was just going to really quickly look up before we move on. Uh, oops. Yeah, this will be an interesting one. So th this is, um, I would actually expect that this, this might go up, but you will, mm -hmm. you will see sometimes th these end up being these backdoor stacks. It's like, oh crap. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't have anything. KJ Osborne is free. And, uh, I'm just going to take this, this backdoor stack. This is another thing where this is projecting, um, you know, it, it's not baking in absolutely everything for the rest of the, the tournament as ADP shifts. If Jordan Addison continues to rise, maybe Kirk Cousins continues to fall. You'll start to see, right. This this it's projected ownership, just like in DFS on Tuesday and on Sunday are, are, are very different things. My guess is that the Jefferson number is going to like, up. these would flip. I would, I would like flip. The, I would actually probably go KJ Osborne fourth. Yeah. Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, Hawkinson, and then Osborne is probably what I would guess. But this is also sometimes what you get day three, <laughs> day three of the tournament. We just learned that Jordan Addison was on the team a couple, a couple of days ago. So the ADP is a little wonky, right? Jordan Addison is a later pick earlier on than before. So this is probably, uh, Probably not a good, not a good example for me for me to pull up, but everybody everybody gets the point. The stacking thing I do think is very important, and that's a that's a helpful tool for it. What I was what I, two quick other things. These are a little bit quicker. Um, well, one is actually based a little bit on that projected ownership data, but looking at what your opponents are doing, right? The Mahomes example, it feels good. Kelsey Mahomes feels good. But if everyone is doing the same things as you, again, you're cutting off your edge of drafting right now. If you're drafting on May 1st, <laughs> A, you're a sicko. 
like we're we're sick we're 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 mentally ill people drafting fantasy football teams on may 1st but part of why you're doing it is because you're trying to capture some form of an edge of the uncertainty throughout the course of the entire offseason right guys Mm -hmm. get hurt guys Rishi Rice is the second coming of Justin Jefferson, right? And I'm getting him super late, so I'm getting a ton of ADP. In September, he's going to be a sixth-round pick, whatever. I'm trying to capture that. But you you limit how much you capture that if you and the – right on day one, there were like 7,000 teams drafted or something like that. If all of – right, divide that by 12, there's all your Mahomes teams. If all of them are the same as yours – it cuts off a little bit of that edge. So just figuring out what our opponents are doing as well goes back to the stacking thing. If our opponents are not are are struggling with the player pool and not stacking, we need to stack then. <laughs> because now we have the early teams and we have the stacks. They have the early value, but they don't have the stacks. So that's great for scoring the most points, ADP value, right? But like you get to week 17, it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? You you still need properly built playoff teams and so understanding what your opponents are doing was a big one that kind of piggybacks on what we just talked about i think that's just in any game of quote-unquote skill becomes like when you start to get to level four five six seven eight nine ten thinking right you take poker you take anything and you have to start out by knowing what you're doing like that is the first thing you have to focus on yourself to know what you are doing to know why you're doing it But once you progress beyond that, it's learning what your opponents are doing. Can you predict? Can I go on a draft with you and predict exactly what you're going to do two picks after me every single time or two picks before me every single time? No, but with enough understanding of what the drafts are doing and knowing what what my opponents normally do, I can understand what your tendencies are probably going to be. And then if I see you start going off the wall, it's like, okay, well, this is someone that is just doing abnormal stuff. So if there's a certain combination I want, I got to make sure I either get it early or I might be able to hold off a little bit because this guy is doing it. And also you're doing this against 11 other people, not just one other person. So understanding what the field is doing as a whole will always help you as an individual. I agree. This is, I should have made this the fifth edge. Cobra guy is back says the one thing I will not do is draft Allen Robinson this year at any cost. Even round 18, I cannot see him being the reason I win any money. Agreed. Allen Robinson would probably tell you that if uh, if you if you asked him on the Steelers. Yeah, not a not an Allen Robinson guy. And uh, my God, this 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 guy low key because it wasn't a big like a uh, brand or a bit. Uh, you know, over the course of the summer for two years, Allen Robinson might've been the worst pick in fantasy for two years in a row. This dude was a two, three turn pick in one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And everybody just said, Oh yeah, it's Allen Robinson, man. He's just going to keep getting 170 targets and catching hundred balls. And he was off D- Darnell Mooney out, <laughs> outplayed him two years ago. He was the worst pick in fantasy and then he goes, to, he goes to the Rams, and we're like, "Oh yeah, it's Allen Robinson, dude. Who cares about last year? Fourth, fifth, four, five, turn, all over again, you know." And he was shocker, absolutely awful. So at least we've learned our lesson on uh, on Allen Robinson. I find it funny that it's like, "Oh, you drafted Lance and Gabe and MVS and whatever Javante and all these guys. You're an idiot." But I, 
show me your 25% Allen Robinson there, but you just ran bad. You just ran bad with Allen Robinson. I mean, um, he got me uh, that Bears year. He definitely got me the Bears year. He didn't get me last year, but the Bears year, because you, he was the type of player where it was like, well, he does it without good quarterbacks. So it doesn't matter who mm-hmm. his quarterback is. Allen is just going to produce. And he just had one of those monumental cliff dives where he was still a great wide receiver. And then the next year he wasn't. And you're like, there's too much of a discrepancy here. There's got to be some sort of bounce back. And he didn't land on a trampoline. He landed on a goddamn <laughs> pile of dead leaves and just fell yep. right down. <laughs> Looney Tunes. Yep. It yeah. was the old lo- the Looney Tune uh, falling into the leaves right down into the pit. Uh, yeah. Great. He's a great, just like lesson learned for, for anybody, whether you drafted him or or not, of like, this goes both ways. Growth is not linear. And a fall off is both not linear and not guaranteed to bounce back. Once that shit go, look at AJ Green. AJ Green's probably the best example. AJ Green was better, was much better than Allen Robinson. Once it was gone, over, dude, over, over mm-hmm. for Julio. Once it was gone for Julio, over. Right, Allen Robinson, over. I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins is this, but everybody keeps saying like, oh, can't wait till DeAndre Hopkins gets traded or whatever. Maybe he'll be fine. Maybe not, <laughs> you know, like it, 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 he was juicing. He wasn't as good before he got hurt, right? Once it goes, it goes. And on the flip side, right, you once you kind of like spike up, like it, it just comes out of nowhere and it happens. It's not like, oh, this year he had a 15% target share. And next year it's going to be 18 and then it's going to be 20. And then it's like, it's like 12%, 14%, 30, <laughs> right? Like it, it's just all that stuff is chaos. And so that actually kind of the last the uncertainty and the chaos again if you're drafting right now what is the goal of why you're drafting right now fun mm-hmm. fun but to try to take this chaos of four months of an nfl offseason and use it to your advantage that is all uncertainty you're trying to take the uncertainty and the chaos of the nfl offseason and use it to your advantage so don't draft now and then hamstring yourself by avoiding risk and uncertainty. You have to embrace it. Now, you don't have to embrace it across your whole team. I understand there are certain individual players you may want to avoid for certain risk, but people have mentioned, like Joe Mixon in the chat as as an example. I I don't actually care if you like Joe Mixon. You think he's dust. We've done that whole conversation on shows, shows before. I do not think he's very good at football anymore, but guess what? The Bengals don't have anybody else. Shout out Chase Brown, going to be the steamiest fifth round running back of all time or whatever. Like, I get it. But like, they just came out again and supported Joe Mixon. The head coach supported Joe Mixon in another quote. And yet, the starting running back on second best, third best offense, best offense in the, in the NFL, where running backs just produce no matter how good they are. Like, Samaj P. Ryan isn't exactly a pro bowler. You know what I mean? And he was crushing. Joe Mixon had the highest running back score of the year last year, scored 50 points in a game. And everybody's just like, oh, no, you know, they're going to cut him or he's going to get suspended or whatever. And it's like, I don't know if that's going to happen. And even if it does at this cost, I'm drafting on May 1st, man. If I lose that $25, I was probably going to lose it anyway. I want to find the guys who are going at a certain point and can just shoot way up in value. 
not even necessarily shoot way up in ADP, but far exceed that value, right? If Joe Mixon has been going in the second round for years, maybe mm-hmm. he's dust. I agree. That's a risk. But maybe he's still the starting running back getting 75% of the work on the freaking Cincinnati Bengals going in the eighth or ninth round. That's the uncertainty I want to I want to embrace. A lot of the times it's right, rookies, Rishi Rice, we've talked about, you know, Jordan Addison or whatever, before people really buy in. Totally agree. But it's also guys mixing. Somebody mentioned Dalvin Cook. Could Dalvin get cut? Absolutely. Could Dalvin get cut and land on the Chiefs? Absolutely. Like all of the like I I I want I want exposure to those guys because they can be the guys that were eighth, ninth, tenth. 14th round picks, right? Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, they're going to be on football teams. They're going mm-hmm. to. It's mm-hmm. just, are they going to land somewhere and they're like a kind of useless veteran backup, you know, Latavius Murray-esque type thing? Or are they going to land on, you know, the Cowboys or the Bengals or, right? Or the Chargers. The Chargers need a running back. Do we know? No idea. But they have that in their range of outcomes. And I, I want to embrace that uncertainty right now because otherwise, what is the point of drafting on May 1st if you're not going to try to win on those situations? And we learn this every year. We saw it last year. We'll bring up a guy that actually busted. But to go to your point, Julio Jones was around 17, round 18 pick last year, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as he signed with a team, which was the Bucks, he was up in the 10th round, 11th round. Like he shot up draft boards. Now, he busted. He wasn't good. He didn't do his thing. But Kareem Hunt, he's not going to stay where he is. It doesn't matter who he signs with. As soon as he signs with a team, as soon as there's a team next to his name, it's, that's automatic movement for him to go up draft boards. Maybe it's around. Maybe it's two rounds. Leonard Fournette, he's going to move up a couple rounds as soon as he signs with a team. Right? Joe Mixon, he's not going to stay where he is. He's e- And he's more of a – he's either going to go up draft boards or he's going to fall out of the draft completely based on what happens with him. So that's why he's such a, a great gamble right now, because if he is any value at all, this is his best value. Correct. Whereas he's completely dead otherwise. So if you're drafting him, this is the time to draft him because he could move back up to the fourth, fifth round. We he's just not talked about how eighth. garbage it is. He's not an eighth round pick. He is a undraftable player because he's mm-hmm. suspended or in jail or, you know, or, or whatever. Or he's like a fourth round pick, third round pick. Like there is no in between. Like same thing. Fournette is not. I, the, like I don't like these guys. It makes me sick to use these guys as, as examples. Dal, Dalvin Cook is not a seventh round pick or wherever he's. Where I'm making these up shows you how mm-hmm. much I know about the ADP already. But the Dalvin Cook is not a seventh round pick. He is a sixteenth round pick or a third round pick. And so like. I understand that risk feels scary because you could spend $25 and draft a bunch of guys. You could draft Will Fuller. You could draft, right? You could yeah, draft. That's a great one. That's the great could, other side. That, that, and that happens. I still don't know if Will Fuller's alive. I, I no don't know if his, no one knows. I don't know if his parents know. Like you, that, that's the risk. But the, the upside is like tournament winning level teams that you can build, right? I'm just making this up. The Bengals add no one and Mixon is not, you know, not suspended and and not cut. You draft him, you draft Dalvin, and Dalvin does get cut and is on like the Chiefs. Right. I know they brought back McKinnon, so I'm not ex- you know, but I'm just using that as an example. Technically it could happen. Dalvin, Mixon, right? You draft Cam Akers. I still can't figure out why Cam, why Cam Akers goes back there. Doesn't make any sense to me. 
You draft, you draft Cam Akers. Then you draft, you know, you happen to luck box into a committee back and the other guy gets hurt, right? The Cam Akers of a couple of years ago. Oh, shit. I just took Damian Harris and James Cook just went down. Feels pretty good for Damian Harris. You know, the next thing you know, you just stockpiled all this insane value. That's how you get the super team, right? But you have to embrace those uncertain situations. Otherwise, like just drafting all the guys who are never have no chance of moving, right? They really only have a chance of going down. If you draft all the guys who are in rock solid situations, the only value you can get is negative value. And so find like you, you kind of have to be willing to burn that $25. But if you're drafting right now, you're kind of admitting you're like, you may not be saying it out loud or acknowledging it, but you're admitting you're willing to burn that $25. It doesn't mean a lot to you. So like then actually put it into practice when you draft. And the other thing I would ask yourself is a question like this is can Joe Mixon be Jamal Williams from last year on the Cincinnati Bengals this year? And I say, yes, right? Like he can, the way that offense goes, they're going to be humming the ball. They're going to be getting into the end zone. Joe Burrow is not going to be running a ton of touchdowns in himself. He's not taking those away. So they're going to be leaning on Mixon to just pound in the one, two, three yard runs if they can. So his opportunity is going to be vast if he's the starting running back over there in Cincinnati. And he could have a decent season. He doesn't have to be, you know, a 2,000 yard back with 20 touchdowns. He could have his. 10, 11 touchdowns this year, easily have close to a thousand yards. And he's a viable pick in the seventh or eighth round for that. So I, and he doesn't and have to be a superstar ball. again. Right. It's best ball. We're not trying to say Joe Mixon is going to run for 1200 yards and 20 touchdowns. I don't think that. Cause again, I don't think he's very good. Right. We're trying to say that a, obviously if things work out in his favor, this is not the appropriate price for him. And he doesn't have to, be the RB six, right? This is not a season long projections game. And this is not even a season long managed league game where you got to figure out right to start them. And you do kind of want, you know, some of that. He just needs to like be fine. Right. Right. Be fine and offer the upside, have that game he had against Carolina last year in a meaningful, in a, in a meaningful week. And obviously that's an aberration, but like what Pat's running back scored, what did Eckler get to like 29 or something like that? And, and, you know, so like, dude, score 20 something fantasy points in the, in the fantasy playoffs, all good. Mm -hmm. And like, be okay. The rest of the year, that's all best ball is dude. Just be okay to, to above average. You need to have some other hits obviously on, on your team, but like you and I have had finals teams that didn't have Josh Jacobs that didn't have Mark Andrews two years ago, that Pete and I's team nearly won BBM the year Liam won. We were super live. Didn't have, Cup, Andrews, JT didn't have any of that. Had Raheem Mostert got hurt on like the second play of the season, he was our RB one, and we yep. got eighth in Best Ball Mania. You know, and so Best Ball is just such a different game. And so all these things that we talked about today, like I think, are things that can really help you when drafting right now. We'll talk about different things in August and September, but when drafting right now, yeah, I think you have to be cognizant of all of it and be open-minded to some of the stuff. It doesn't mean you have to do it, but just understand why others are doing it and don't shut gateways of knowledge for this stuff. Yeah, and the implementation of it in the micro can be up to every individual person. If you say, no, not interested in Joe Mixon, but Dalvin Cook I like, mm-hmm. sure, like yeah. by all means. Like, yeah. you, can pick, you, can, you can pick and choose, right? It's your own personal You're preference. Allowed. 
yeah, it is true. <laughs> it's your money. You're thirty seven fifty. That's a that's that's a that's not chump change. You know what I mean? So uh, some people don't. You know, twenty five bucks over forty five minutes. That's a that's a reasonable hourly rate that you're paying there to to use this product. So do it how you want, but just think about these these kinds of concepts before we before we get out of here. Uh, I still don't even have the damn media schedule locked in to my brain. I am going to be recording first thing in the morning, the very first draft review video. If you like or hate, it'll work for both. Uh, the Barstool Pizza Reviews. think that's kind of what we're we're going for here. In the Discord, again, link in the description to the Discord, totally free. You can submit teams really whenever you want, but on a weekly basis, I'll be plugging some of the more interesting teams that I see and uh, giving them uh, a review. It will be, you know, I'm not just going to shit on your teams, maybe a little. Um, we'll, if we'll I fail of it ever, I will. So yeah. just be <laughs> yeah, ready for exactly. that. Yeah, Rob will only shit on, shit on your team. He's, <laughs> he's going to pick all the Trey Lance teams out of there to, uh, to, <laughs> to talk about. And then, um, obviously, this is kind of our Monday night best ball. Tuesday nights, um, it's for the sickos. This was probably really, really for the sickos. But Tuesday nights, we'll be digging into like some of our tools, some of our our own exposures, and those kinds of things. Spike Week sickos on Tuesday night. Rob and I will be be doing that show, and then, my God, we got so much stuff coming uh, for the rest of the week and for and for the rest of the summer. But I just wanted to give everybody a heads up of what is coming tomorrow. Any anything else? Are you? Uh, surviving all those hours in the in the car, are you about ready to pass out or what? I came home and I passed out. I was in a haunted hotel up until three or four a.m. investigating. Drove home like four hours later. So, but I'm good. I'll be there tomorrow night. We'll be there. Um, as far as Spike Week goes, yeah, we're gonna have all this new content. We're gonna be doing a lot of shorts as well with player takes and strategy going into those. So you're just make sure that you're you subscribe to the channel, not because it helps us, but it does help us, <laughs> but because there is going to be a ton of content this year. So if you don't want to miss it, make sure you are subscribed to this and even the podcast feed and throw some reviews. Yep, definitely. I'm I'm very excited. Honestly, whether people listen or not, I'm excited to t- to to talk about it all and, and do it all. I think it's going to be a super fun summer. Just the very last thing before we get out of here, as I mentioned at the top, if you missed it, you are not subscribed to the Spike Week Premium Tools. This evening, I'll give the, the listeners of the show just a smidge a smidge more time, but I got the button ready. I got, you know, I got the, the nukes, the nuke codes are, mm. are punched in to move the pricing over. Right now, it is $25 a month or $200 annually for the Spike Week Premium Best Ball Tools. You also get, it's not just the tools, right? The tools are kind of the, our bread and butter. That's our, that's, our, that's our sweetness. But you get rankings. There's tons of content. 80 there's you know you can find all the adp across all of the sites just like tons and tons of different stuff playbooks you want picks you want players to fade right we do have player takes it's not just it's not just macro level stuff we got absolutely everything and a, a talented team of new writers streamers and everything coming in to help us with that as well so it won't just be be rob and i you can get you can get a, bu- a bunch of other stuff but another couple hours on the uh the pricing at on the pricing for uh, dog is not happy. He he knows we need to eat. 
yeah. and you're you're giving these tools away cheaper than you yeah. should. Yeah. And he's exactly. like, I need steak. Like, I don't know you what drafted, you're doing over here. You drafted so much Trey Lance for two years. <laughs> I'm eating this peasant dog food. So please raise the prices already. But uh, thank you guys for, for hanging out. Rob and I will be back tomorrow. Enjoy your Monday night. Enjoy uh, NBA playoffs, NHL game sevens, all, all that fun stuff. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Please. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.